This morning, before we move into uh, another guided meditation, I'd like to say just a few words about mindfulness. Because one of the challenges of the Pali word sati being translated into English as mindfulness is that in English, mindfulness is a noun. And so it can give the impression that mindfulness is some kind of static thing or perhaps even a state that we have to try and get. So it's something that we've got to do. We've got to do our mindfulness practice. And this can reinforce unconsciously the very common tendency to try to control our experience, to micromanage it, and to try and make it be a certain way. Whereas what we're doing with all of this practice is actually moving towards letting go of control and being able to be with a wider and wider range of our experience. So we're not trying to make it be any particular way. And in the long range, mindfulness becomes just a way of being rather than something that we're actually doing. And sometimes I think of this, uh, the, you know, this shift is almost, is fairly counterintuitive because everywhere else in our lives, it's all about making things happen and achieving things, and getting things, and making progress, and so on, and so on. So the idea that relaxing and being with experience is actually the practice can be very um, challenging for many of us to take in. Sometimes I think of it as being a bit like learning to swim. I don't know if you all of you had um, swimming lessons at school, but I remember for myself for a long time, it seemed to involve a lot of thrashing around in a terrified state, one hand gripping tightly onto the side of the pool. And I'm not sure what it took, but at some point I finally realized, oh, if I just let go and relax, the water will actually hold me. So this quality of letting go and relaxing still is actually what helps us be present in a more effortless way. So this question of effort is a huge um, part of the practice and one that all of us need to be exploring because it's constantly changing and it's different for each one of us individually depending on our physical circumstances, our mental circumstances, moment to moment, hour to hour, day to day, what's the right amount of effort is going to be constantly changing. But often in the beginning of a retreat or the beginning of our practice overall, many people, because of this background societal-wide tendency to perfectionism and idealism, many people in the beginning of their practice tend to make a lot of effort, too much effort. So I like to share Saido Utejaniya's example of how much effort is actually required to be mindful. So you may have done this before, but just try it again now. Invite you all just to lift your arms, your hands, until they're almost like in a qigong position, as we were doing with Greg. And then slowly, mindfully bring them together until both hands are touching. And then when the hands are touching, do you know that they're touching? 
Or do you have to go, mindful, mindful, mindful? No, it's quite obvious that there's just this lightness of knowing the hands touching. So you can let them go now. But I like to use that physical example because, at least for myself in the beginning of my practice, I thought that mindfulness meant sort of pinhead, gritted teeth, jaw-clenching fixation on every minute aspect of experience. And that kind of over-efforting is not sustainable. It's actually exhausting. So what we're looking for through all of this is a continuity of mindfulness from the moment you wake up in the morning until the moment you go to sleep in the evening. And this lightness of mindfulness is what makes this continuity sustainable. So as the mindfulness practice develops, we start to notice that mindfulness itself has different qualities. So we can be mindful of the mindfulness. Sometimes it's more a kind of a zooming in to the details of our experience, similar to what we did yesterday afternoon where I led you in that guided practice. There were three different stages, and you may remember zooming into the particularities of at first, a sensation that was uncomfortable, really getting to know its characteristics in quite some detail. At other times, though, mindfulness can be more kind of wide angle. So I use the image of a camera because sometimes we're zooming in like a macro lens on a camera so we get to see all the tiny details. Other times it's a more panoramic kind of spacious mindfulness like a 180-degree uh, lens on a camera. And whatever, um, whether we zoomed in or with a more broad awareness, underlying whatever our mindfulness is, is we're cultivating an attitude of kind curiosity to whatever our experience is. So we're letting go of controlling the experience. We're not trying to get some kind of state, as Greg mentioned last night. What we're trying to do is open up to include more and more aspects of our actual experience, just as it is. This is the quality of bare awareness that we were cultivating yesterday afternoon in the two o'clock session, beginning with just knowing the physical sensations in the body arising and passing away. And in the same way, we can notice sounds, hearing, thoughts, thinking, emotions and moods and mind states. Knowing the nature of every aspect of experience is to arise and to pass away. We don't need to get involved with those experiences. We simply know that they're impermanent, they're unstable, and they're not under our control. This is quite different from our usual uh, habitual tendency to push away unpleasant experiences and to hold on to or cling to pleasant ones. So it does take quite a bit of training to uh, be able to notice those reactions as early as we can in their development before they flower into the kind of proliferation that I was talking about yesterday. And one powerful way of supporting this uh, uh, awareness 
is to, uh, from time to time, just to stop and to notice, to ask the question, how am I relating to this experience? Or what's the attitude in my mind right now? And again, this comes from Saito Utejaniya, who I think some of you sat with when he was here a few years ago. And in my own practice, I found it very helpful to, from time to time, stop and ask three questions, actually. The first is just to kind of take a snapshot of what's happening in the body by asking what's happening in the body right now. So we can do that right now, just in this moment. What are you aware of? physical sensations in the body. Then we can also bring awareness to the mind, to all forms of mental activity, and again, just drop in that question, what's happening in my mind right now? Just to notice thoughts, emotions, moods, mind states, any kind of mental activity. And then that third question, how am I relating to this experience? What's the attitude in the mind? So you might notice some kind of wanting or clinging, wishing that it would continue if it's pleasant. If it's unpleasant, usually, if we're not mindful, there's some kind of resistance or pushing away, not wanting. Or sometimes we might notice that we don't really know that we're somehow disconnected from experience, not knowing. So keeping a radar out for these three movements in relation to experience of either wanting, not wanting, or not knowing is a very helpful way of cutting the proliferation before it has a chance to really flower into a, some kind of unhelpful, unskillful mind state. So whatever you noticed in that little exercise, try to meet it without judgment, simply knowing, oh, it's like this right now. Boredom or sleepiness or excitement or restlessness or curiosity or kindness, whatever it might be, oh, it's like this right now. So in the next meditation, I'll offer you just some, um, a few guidelines in relation to working with these different qualities of mindfulness.